0: Dear Lord, make me a nail upon the wall, fastened securely in its place. Then from this thing so common and so small, hang a bright picture of thy face. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. My wife and I are receiving some wonderful letters. We're also receiving some panicky letters. We've received several panicky letters recently. One, a young Christian friend of ours, writes, as I look out upon the world and I see what is taking place all over our world, I realize that human probation is soon to close. And to be perfectly frank, Pastor Kuhn, I'm not ready. And it seems to me, according to the events that are taking place all over the world, she went on to say, that I don't have very much time in which to prepare. And, uh, and I, it looks to me like it would be within the next few months that the probation of humanity will close. What shall I do? I'm not ready. I don't see how I can be ready in the next few months. What shall I do? And in capital letters, H-E-L-P. I believe that Christianity is divided into three classes in this respect. One are those that are panicking because of the days in which we live. They realize that humanity is doomed of itself, so they're panicking. Another class are those who are moving right along in Laodicean style, as presented in Revelation The third chapter. I guess everything is pretty much all right and maybe something will happen sometime, but I believe everything's all right. No need of any concern. That's the other extreme. Then there's the third class who are not panicking and they're not sitting around unconcerned, but they're saying, I'm concerned. I do want to be ready when Jesus comes. I want to go with his redeemed through those gates into that city of gold. I want to dwell with him through the ceaseless ages of eternity. They're concerned. If you belong to the panicky class this morning, may the Lord bring you hope. And I believe he will. If you belong to the Laodicean class that is engaging in the filth and the sensuality of the world, and you're really not worrying May the Holy Spirit stir your mind up. For my friends, Jesus is coming soon. How many agree with it? May I hear your your amen also. Amen. And those who view, you believe Jesus is coming soon? I believe it with all my heart. So don't panic. Jesus said, as recorded in in Luke 21-26, that one of the signs of his eminent return is men's hearts will be failing them for fear and for looking after those things that are coming on the earth. So he said the panicky heart is one of the signs of his imminent return. He also says in Revelation 3 that there are men and women in the very last days of our history who will be moving along nonchalantly, engaging in filth, engaging in money-making, engaging in sharp dealing, engaging in sins of this world as though they had a millennium in which to prepare. He said, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you'll hear for yourself, if you'll invite me in as your very personal Savior, I will come in. I'll prepare for your feast. I will do the work that is needed to prepare you to meet me for those who are concerned we also have this message from the Lord. How? How do we accept Jesus as our personal Savior? I was pastor of a college church many years ago, and one morning I stood before them in the worship hour, and I I said, Now look, you students, as you go out, as missionaries for the Lord, for every Christian is a missionary, if he only knows it. I said, As you go out, Tell people the simple how of salvation. Don't let it become complicated. The next morning, somebody knocked at my study door, a student, and said, Pastor, will you please tell me how? And I thought, wait a minute. I'm sharing with them the challenge to share with others the how? And I hadn't made clear to them the how? (laughs) I was embarrassed. I said yes i'll share with you the how and i want to share it with you friends this morning so that you in turn can share it wherever you go because otherwise we will be all wrapped up in the wrong philosophy of the how what a tragedy to be obsessed with the wrong philosophy and find that the how wasn't the how at all wouldn't that be a tragedy he said many will say I me in that day lord We've prophesied in your name, in your name, we've done many wonderful works. And I'll say, you and I didn't have a fellowship. I've never known you, you've never known me. So it's important that we know the how, right? Our opening text then for the how is this. And the statement is this. Look to a person for salvation. There are things to be considered, but all the things accompany salvation. Salvation is not found in things. It is found in a person. And if you and I are busy sharing with people things in place of a person, we have the wrong philosophy. Here's the text, Isaiah 45, 22. Look unto me, and be ye saved. All you ends of the earth, for I am God, and there's none else. I am the Lord, and there's none like me. Look unto me, and you will be saved. That's the Old Testament text. The New Testament text, one of many, is found in Acts 16.31. The Apostle Paul was speaking to the Philippian jailer And notice what he says to him when the jailer said, what must I do to be saved? And notice what the apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, told this man. Do you notice the many things that he told him? Do you notice how the apostle Paul (coughs) became bogged down in things? (coughs) He said to this jailer, follow carefully and see if I'm telling it straight. He said to this jailer, if you want to be saved, remember now this thing and 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 remember this thing also is very important and this is tremendously important. These things are important. The poor jailer was already trembling and if Paul had told him that, he'd put him in, into a frustration. Paul said, believe on the Lord. Jesus Christ. And you will be saved did he tell it right or didn't he is that the truth or isn't it is that the Bible philosophy or isn't it if it is the Bible philosophy then God is telling you and me you tell people to look to Jesus Christ and make him their Lord their Savior their personal Savior their Christ and that is salvation And my friends, because this is salvation in both the Old and the New Testament, the devil will do everything in his power to get you, beloved, and you, beloved, and you who are viewing, beloved, and myself, to get bogged down in these things and the other things and still added things instead of getting obsessed and saturated with looking to Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. This is God's word. This is God's simple philosophy. It was taught through the entire Old Testament. It is taught through the entire New Testament. We sing it. There's life in a look at the sacred cross. Jesus has said, look out of me. Look out of me and be saved. When the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, those who looked in simple faith were saved from the destructive stings of the serpents. Those who tried to go into a deep philosophy, a complicated philosophy, were lost. Friends, beware of this complicated philosophy of salvation, beware of it. You get to look into these things and those things and other things, and my friends, you can find your life devoid of the life of the source of life, Jesus Christ. Look unto me and you'll be what, everybody? You'll be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. To believe on the Lord Jesus Christ means, I look to the Lord as my Lord. Very simple. Instead of my trying to map out my life anymore, I let him take over. And that simplifies it. Because while I'm trying to work out my own plans, And i'm trying to solve my own problems i'm only complicating it right but when i relax in the one who made the heavens and the earth the one who died on calvary and i say, look you can handle my problems a lot better than i can you can handle my sin problems a lot better than i can that's a relaxing program lord i want you from now on to take over i want you to take over my employment I want you to take over my home. I want you to take over my personal life. I accept you as the Lord. That's one-third of what Paul said. Believe on the Lord. Believe on the Lord Jesus. Jesus, according to Matthew 1:21, it says, thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall save his people from their sins. Beloved, and those who are viewing, beloved, are you trying to save yourself from your sins? are you saying let me see now I wasn't going to do this anymore and here I did it some more man alive how long is it going to take me to get this character into shape or are you going to like the thief beside Jesus not wait until he could perfected his character not wait until he could straighten things out in his life but to look to Jesus as best he could in simple faith and accept Jesus as the one who saves him. Jesus is the Lord and Jesus is the Savior. You and I are to stop lording it in our own lives and we're to stop trying to save ourselves. No works that you and I can perform can save us, right? That's right. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ means, according to John one forty one, the anointed. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit. So I'm to look to him and I say, Lord, I can't do it. But you've promised me the Holy Spirit. And you said he will come and he'll guide me according to your word. He'll give me the power. He'll keep me looking to Jesus. So, Lord, I take you as my Lord. I take you as my Savior. I accept your Holy Spirit to do all which I cannot do. I believe you're my Lord. I believe you've forgiven my sins. I believe you'll give me the power. I believe you'll give me the strength to grow in grace. You will do it, Lord. You will do it. Now you died, dear Lord, in my place because Romans 3.23 says we've all sinned. And Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is what? Death. So I told the young man in my study, I said, it's very simple. As you look to Jesus, you remember that since we have sinned, Jesus died in my place and his blood covers my past sins. I accept that fact. Since he died in my place, he offers me life free of charge. The gift of God is eternal life. Romans six twenty three. It's a gift. So you look to him and you say, Lord, you, you take over my life. You, you save me by forgiving my past. First John 1, 9. You fill my life. And you'll give me the power. It is God that works in me, both to will and to do. And I'm going to keep looking to Jesus Christ. And that's salvation. Do you believe it? Do you believe it this morning? How many believe that? Let's see your hands. How many have some misgivings about it? May I see your hands? Well, there's not a hand raised. If you do, at least you're timid. (laughs) It looked like every hand in the audience. How about you who are viewing? My friends, if that is so, and it is so, may the Lord help every one of us as Christians to not get bogged down in things which you and I can't even handle, which Jesus must handle for us. Amen? Among the letters we receive, there's some wonderful ones. One from a teenage girl. She was in her late teens, maybe nineteen. She said, Pastor and Mrs. Kuhn, I heard you several years ago at at one of the academies. And I I was blessed and I was happy over the message you shared. But she said, since you are here, I've learned how practical what you presented is. And she gave two examples. One is, she said, as I've learned the ABCs of prayer and the idea trusted simply in Jesus... I trusted Jesus for a Christian mate. How about that? You know, if young men and young women would trust Jesus for a Christian mate, they wouldn't be nearly so possessive. You know, one of the best ways to lose a boyfriend or girlfriend is to out-chase them. Not let them up for air. But when we relax in Jesus... He takes care of those needs. My God shall supply all your need. We need companionship through life. Amen? Why not relax in him instead of of trying to do it ourselves, you see? And she said, I've learned to trust him, and I'm engaged to a wonderful, dedicated, conscientious young man. I think she was only 19, and when I tell an audience that, I find some of the older people kind of turn to each other. 19. I think he ought to have told her, you quit that young fella and wait till you're 23. I'd rather a young lady would marry at 18 and get the right one than for me to intercept and wait another couple of years and get the wrong one, wouldn't you? <laughs> Let's let the Lord take care of it. Amen? She said the second example of what she'd learned in trusting Jesus, and then she began to talk about Jesus, and she said, I do claim him, and she began to underscore. I do claim him as my very, underscored twice, personal, underscored three times, savior, underscored four times. I do claim him as my very personal savior. I rushed in the other room and I said to my wife, look, look, teenagers are finding a very personal savior. They're able to cry out, Jesus, for my very own. In the same mail, we got a letter from a lady who was probably about 73 years old. I've heard of a few old people like that. (laughs) And her letter went something like this. Dear Pastor and Mrs. Kuhn, I have been a Christian and a member of the same church family of which you are for 40 years. But never until a few days ago did I have Jesus as my very personal Savior. She said, now I have my hand in the hand of the crucified. Friends, when we get letters like that by the hundreds, and teenagers are saying, I do claim him as my very personal Savior, and older people are saying, I now have my hand in the hand of the crucified. I say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Look unto him and we'll be what? Saved. How many? All your ends of the earth. You know what all of the ends of the earth means? It means the person that came into this sanctuary this morning drunk. It means he'll take you and be your personal savior right now. It means the homosexual that is sitting here hoping nobody knows. He will accept you and he'll become your very personal savior. It means the individual who's sitting here this morning and right in his pocket is some grass. And he will receive you and he'll become to you right now your very personal savior. Somebody was smoking like that, came into a meeting like this, And right while the minister was speaking, he gave his heart to Jesus. Just a young lad, maybe 11. And some others raised their hands that they would receive Jesus as their personal savior. And so many hands were raised, I think the pastor found it rather difficult to keep in mind each one. As he stood at the entrance of the church shaking hands with the people, here came this young lad, about 11. And the pastor, as I understand it, kind of wondered, was this a boy that accepted Jesus? So he, so he looked at the lad and shook his hand. He said, uh, are you a Christian? Have you received Jesus? And the lad looked up in the pastor's face and said, yes, I have received him. And as he did it, the pastor smelled on his breath something that raised a question in the pastor's mind so the pastor said uh, how long has it been since you received jesus as your personal savior and the lad looked up into the pastor's face and he said five minutes was he god's child yes or no yes was jesus his very personal savior while it was still on his breath and in his pocket was jesus his personal savior yes or no yes he was Look unto me, and you'll be saved, all you ends of the earth. For I am God, and there's none else. Oh, my friends, that we might do this, and might know this is a kind of a savior. Yeah. Friends, let's be extremely careful not to start pointing out to people, if, if you're a Christian, you must do this. You must do this. You must do what to be a Christian? You must look to Jesus to be a Christian. You must believe that Jesus is your Lord to be a Christian. You must believe that he is your Savior to be a Christian. You must accept his Holy Spirit. That is salvation. There is something to do. The something to do is to believe Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. That's the thing to do. And to believe that the good work that he has started, he will finish. And it means that if you accept Jesus as your Savior this morning and you go out this afternoon and drink a glass of beer, you're still his child. And don't you let the devil tell you you're not. Christianity is looking to Jesus, growing up into Jesus Christ, receiving the power of the Son of God. That's salvation. And my friends, anybody that tells us anything else, when we get into a close conversation, they will finally admit that there are habits in their lives that they've not yet overcome. How come that they have salvation with habits in their lives and they won't let you have any habit in your life and have salvation? My friends, Christianity is a growth in grace. Praise the Lord. What do you say? I thank the Lord for it. I think one of the most telling experiences along this line that I've ever had happened a few thousand miles from here there was a, a man who was a, a war veteran. He was 83 years old, a war veteran. He had been uh, attending the church where we're holding our series of meetings. And he had uh, indicated to the pastor that he thought that maybe someday he would like to unite in the fellowship of that particular church. But he made clear to the pastor that there was one condition to his uniting in church fellowship. The pastor must tell him that there was a certain habit in his life that he never needed to look to Jesus for victory over. Now that's the other extreme, right? We can look to Jesus and find deliverance over these habits, amen? So that would be the other extreme to say, Jesus cannot give you, deliver you so the pastor said, no, uh, we, I cannot enter upon this, this compromise. As you look to Jesus, he will deliver you from this. You don't have to be under bondage in Jesus. He will deliver you. He takes you where he finds you. You will stumble and get up and go on. But he will be giving you added strength and you'll be growing in grace in him. The plant has to look to the sun to grow. The plant does, plant does not look to its root system and say how am I growing the plant looks to the light you and I do not look to our behavior to keep growing we look to the set of righteousness but we're not saying we're not setting up a different standard than what God has set up he is told what the ultimate fellowship in Jesus stands for so month after month this man talked to the pastor and he said I would unite with the church fellowship If you would let me do this. If he would let him. (laughs) No, look to Jesus. He is the one to deliver. He will deliver you. Come in simple childlike faith. No, no, no. I'm not going to do it unless you compromise. But who are we to set up a new Bible? During our series of meetings, there were many wonderful, wonderful deliverances. One man right in the middle of the week who had once been a leading officer in the church, he had been a wonderful literature evangelist, had turned from God and had gone so far from the Lord that he would hardly let a Bible even be in his house. The middle of that week, he called the pastor at midnight. Now, don't call pastors at midnight, friends. That's not, that's not too good. I, I've heard out east that somebody will call a pastor's wife at three o'clock in the morning and say, would you tell me what time sun sets?" no, no, don't do that. But if you have what this man had, he had a conviction. I found Jesus this week. He said, pastor, this is what I found. And I want to come back to the Lord. The next morning, bright and early, the pastor and I went to see him. And the man, listen, the man started talking about things, things in his life. You know what the Lord helped us say to him? Brother, We are not here to discuss things with you. We are here to say, let's look to Jesus. He is the Lord. He is the Savior. He will do the work. Believe on him. And we knelt together. That man sobbed out his repentance, and God gave him victory instantaneously. At the close of the week, Friday afternoon, I think it was, the pastor and I were visiting. He said, there's this war veteran. He said he's 83 years of age. He said, this man is really a character. He said in the first place, he's the swearingest man. They use the term, the swearingest man of the city. He said he doesn't just swear as a habit. He swears to entertain. And I thought, what? I've never heard of that in my life. There's always a first, isn't there? And he said, and he's been arguing with me about another habit that he wants to take and keep till the Lord comes. He doesn't want to commit it to the Lord. He said, there he is now. He's wheeling the wheelbarrow right down there. He said, let me drive up near the curb, roll down your window, and invite him to the meeting tonight. <clears throat> so I, <laughs> he introduced me, and I said, A friend, we'd like to invite you to our meeting tonight. <clears throat> and that man, 83 years old, he was all the soldier. Man, I'd almost thought he had the gun as he looked at me. He said, he barked back, no, I'm going to be at such and such a place tonight. And that was a place where he knew he shouldn't be. And then I thought, I wonder if I dare to suggest tomorrow morning we're going to hold a meeting next morning. I said, we are having a meeting tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock. He shot back, I'll be there. It was like hot and cold fomentations he was giving me. Sure enough, as I spoke that, sa- that morning at 11 o'clock, <laughs> that man was sitting there, and I was speaking on this subject. Look to Jesus <clears throat> as your very own personal Savior, and he will save you if you come in simple, childlike faith. Accept his Lordship. Accept him as Savior. Accept his Holy Spirit, and let him do the work. You fight the fight of faith. Am I going to believe him or am I going to believe the devil? Am I going to trust him or am I going to trust sometime when I can be good enough? That's the fight of faith. When I closed the message that morning, I extended an invitation. I said, anyone this morning who would like to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, maybe you were once a child of God and you've slipped away. Or maybe this morning he's given you more light and you'd like to plan on baptism. Or maybe you have never been a Christian and this morning you'd like to accept his simple salvation. You may come to the altar. A number came, but this little 83 year old man sat right in his seat. Then we stood for the closing song. He stood, no move. But I felt greatly impressed by the Holy Spirit that this was a time for him to make a decision. But I personally never go to people when I make a call. I don't want to apply any pressure. I want it to be of the Holy Spirit. So I, I, I shook hands with the people as they were coming forward, and I found myself at the time of the benediction standing right next to him. I still didn't turn to him and say, brother, you better do it. I wanted the Holy Spirit to do it. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. When we pronounced the benediction, the Holy Spirit impressed me To believe the man had made a decision i reached over his direction i put my hand on his shoulder and i prayed a short prayer i don't believe in public magellan prayers you know what magellan prayers are in public when people pray all around the world and others hope they'll put into port somewhere i don't believe in that kind of prayer they do up their whole praying for a week i believe that when once An electric card is connected to the electric power the power is there instantly in secret yes bury your soul before god in public get to the power of god instantly so i prayed just one sentence my wife was about 20 feet away she didn't even know i was praying until i just about finished it she was standing near the pastor and this was the prayer i prayed with my hand on this man's shoulder thank you lord for his decision for Jesus Christ. Amen. And my wife didn't even have time to close her eyes. I was through. She told me later that when I s- thanked the Lord for this man's decision for Jesus, she said the man went <laughs> that afternoon as I stood up to speak the pastor said, "Will you announce those who are planning on the- anyone who want to be baptized tomorrow night to come forward?" And I thought, wait a minute, (laughs) wait a minute. Suppose that, suppose that fighting soldier comes up and he says, you must compromise with me. And I thought of a lot of others that had just found victory in Christ. Well, I thought, well, I just work here, (laughs) I'll say so. So I said, the pastor wants me to announce those who are planning on baptism tomorrow night. When? Tomorrow night. (laughs) Those who are planning on baptism tomorrow night will meet us in the pastor's study right after this meeting. You know what happened? In walked that 83-year-old veteran. The fire was still in his eyes. I almost wondered if he had a gun. I knew he was going to take me on. I could see it. He had very fine features. I've always felt that people who have fine features are very intelligent because mine aren't. The man's nose was very sharp. His eyes were sharp. And it seemed like the nose almost extended as he looked at me, much as say, I'm going to take you on now. In came several people in the same class. The motel owner who had accepted Jesus at midnight and found victory the next morning was there. Two little children were there. That bothered me. Not the children did bother me, but I was afraid that when they went home and told Daddy and Mommy I'd like to be baptized, that Daddy and Mommy would say, Wait a minute, you're only 10. You ought to be fair to the devil and give him at least two more years. And if if he can't get you in two more years, then give the Lord a chance. So uh, the whole thing bothered me. You know what I did? I claimed a promise for the Holy Spirit and a promise for wisdom. And as I did it, the Holy Spirit impressed me. Notice this. The Holy Spirit impressed me. You keep them looking to Jesus and don't let anybody bog you down in things. Look unto me and you'll be what? Saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be what? Saved. So I smiled and I said, friends, this morning you did what we invited you to do. You took Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. You accepted him as your savior, and you have accepted his Holy Spirit into your lives. Is there any question? And that's what the little eighty three year old soldier wait was waiting for. He turns to me, he focuses his nose and his two beady eyes on me. He said, If I'm baptized tomorrow night, can I still do so and so? And then he challenged me. And the challenge he gave was a very strong argument and what I did again if you want to keep people looking to Jesus ask for the Holy Spirit he will testify of me who is it then that's bogging us down in things this thing and that thing it's the devil friends and I said brother just like we said this morning you look to Jesus in simple trust and he will save you so I said, I want you to look to Jesus and let him tell you what to do. I no sooner got through than, than again, that nose seemed to almost go out. He said, But listen, is it against the rules of the church? I claim the promise of the Holy Spirit again. For the Holy Spirit testifies of whom? Of Jesus. And I could sense he was saying to me, don't you get bogged down in things. The man knows the standards. He knows the commandments of God. He knows the scripture standards. What he needs to do is to look to Jesus. Jesus only gives the power. Amen? There's no, as good as standards are, there's no power in standards, right or wrong. Tobacco cannot cure tobacco. Liquor cannot cure liquor weed cannot cure grass jesus is the physician he is the healer he is the restorer and i turned to him and i said something my friends that i'd never given this answer to a living soul before in my life i said brother i don't want you to think about one single standard of the church can you imagine a christian minister saying that I don't want you to think about a single standard of the church I want you to talk this over with Jesus and we'll meet you tonight after the meeting was that a good idea who is a better one to talk it over with than Jesus don't talk it over with your doubts don't talk it over the devil don't even talk with people. People don't have the power, but there's power in Jesus Christ. That night, we forgot to see him. He went in the pastor's study, came out, we forgot all about it. The Lord wanted us to, because we keep our appointments. The next morning, after my wife and I were through with our worship, she turned to me, she said, honey, I believe we let that little old man down. She said, I saw him coming out of a study last night I said, honey, I forgot all about it. I took the telephone and called the pastor. And I said, pastor, we let the little old man down. I said, I don't have a minute today. Could you possibly arrange to see him? The pastor said, he said, brother, the man called me not 15 minutes ago. Oh, good. What did he say? He said, the man said, and he said he was sobbing as he talked. He said, Pastor, I didn't sleep one moment last night. I was talking it over with Jesus. I said, Amen, praise the Lord. Look unto me and you will be saved. And there's much more to that than we're covering this morning. It means we don't look to what father and mother believed. We don't look to what good men have done. We look to Jesus Christ. And he said, the man said, Pastor... The things that have been bothering me are all now left in the hands of Christ. He's given me complete deliverance and I'm going to be baptized tonight. (laughs) I said, praise the Lord. That night as that little man was baptized and several of the others who trusted in Jesus, his face was like the face of an angel. That was Sunday night he was baptized. Wednesday night, he was in a prayer meeting with a few. When it came time for testimony, he stood up. He said, brothers and sisters, this has been the happiest day of my entire life. My friends, salvation should not be complicated. If you came in this morning under the accusing finger of the devil, and you've captured a little picture of Jesus who died in our place, who offers us his salvation free, who offers us eternal life as a free gift. Won't you accept it this morning? This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org